Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all need to do one thing. Share our share our share our But most of all, let's share our Every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting the If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the dash female dash solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your welcome, email. And your welcome, welcome everybody to Viata's Tiny House Village. Here I am in my Hi, small I'm living wonderful, wonderful love adventure in my tiny house building. And we are live on the Female Solution Blog Talk Radio. So let us welcome our global family because we are one human family. Loving, loving our global family. We're global transformers and we're here to change the world. So do it. We are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zdrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Jean Dobre. In France, Bonjour. In Spain, Hola. In Italy, Ciao. In Egypt, Athen Wasalan. In Ghana, Aquaba. In Nigeria, Peleo. In South Africa, Saobona. In Senegal, Nangadef. In Kenya, Jambo. In Israel, Shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia. Assalamu alaikum. Greetings and may peace be upon you all. I applaud my global family for all that you are and all that you do. Muchas gracias for all I am and you are. We are one. And we are getting ready to fly. First, love yourself. First, loving yourself. That's what we do every Friday morning right here on the Female Solution. Health and well-being with Viata, that's me. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Muchas gracias for joining me this early this morning. we got a great, great show lined up for you. Why, why, why is colorectal cancer on the rise? What is going on? And I need to give a warning. This is a show that is for mature audiences. We're going to go deep into the colon, and some people can't handle going deep into the colon because we got to talk. We have to talk about some things, some lifestyles that have been going crazy, and we're going to dig into uh, the ACEs again. We really have to go back to the ACEs to get to the root of some of the behavior that's contributing to colorectal cancer. So that's what we're going to be doing this morning. I hope you're ready for some really, really 
good information that will help us build resilience. This is what this show is all about today. Why is this cancer on the rise? Because we need to build some resilience in our children. Okay, that's where we're going. So thank you, thank you all for joining me. Let's get ready to roll some joints. I know that's why you're here. I know that's why you're here. Let's roll some joints. And why, why, why do we need to roll joints? Three major reasons I give. One, improve your circulation. This sacred vessel needs to have good circulation to be healthy. That's all that blood and all the fluid in there needs to keep flowing, flowing, flowing. When you are living a sedentary lifestyle, your circulation is not moving very fast. It's like a really slow river. We want that river to really pulse and move to help you live your best life. Number two, boost your lymphatic system. Your lymphatic system has glands all over your body, and when you do this joint rolling, you Pump, pump, get that pump going in your lymphatic system to help you detox naturally. And then uh, the third reason, really important now with all those freezing temperatures up north and even in Florida, we've gone down into the 30s this weekend. So we want our immune system to be at its best, be at its best. So that's why we have fun, fun, fun rolling these joints. So if you're new to health and well-being with Seattle, we start off rolling this head around to get our neck joints loosened and lubricated. And then we go to our shoulders back and forward and do some swimming in the sea of energy. And from there, we go to our back. We get on our back, kick our legs up, and roll the ankles and the wrists around, the elbows, and then we get to our knees and our ankles, and I'm going to show you some options or alternatives if you have trouble rolling your ankles and your knees and your hip joints, where we got to get that synovial fluid, excuse me, pumping. All right, are you ready? We're going to put on some great music called Time for Healing. Oh, I love this music. I can't find anything better, so... If you have any suggestions, send me a, 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 leave a comment or let me know. But Time for Healing by the Sounds of Blackness. I've been playing this uh, music for at least three, two or three years. The words are so relevant right now for what's going on in our world. So relevant that I just have to keep playing. It's the best music for us to roll, roll, roll and get healthy and take charge of our health. So let's do it. Time for Healing by the Sounds of Blackness. Everywhere you turn, there's suffering. 
oh, most of my young life, he was teaching physical education, coaching football, and he was the athletic director at a school in Chicago, Illinois. I am his legend. I'm carrying on his legacy. Being an athlete at a se- as a senior citizen and teaching. My dad was a teacher, so I'm teaching what he taught me and what I continue to learn about this amazing vessel we call the human body. So here we are. We are here this morning because I am dedicated dedicated to share what I've learned over the last 50-plus yeah, years. I'm in my late 60s now, and I love, love sharing what I've learned and my experience to keep this 68-year-old, soon-to-be 69-year-old body in the best of health. So I've had 35-plus years of studying holistic health. That's mind, body, spirit, harmony. That's what holistic health is, bringing the body into homeostasis, but not neglecting the mind and the soul-spirit journey. So today we're talking about a topic that was presented to me when I read a Facebook post. I read a Facebook post uh, from a brother by the name of Rabbi Cohen, Dr. Shalomi Halahawi, who is an integrative physician, psychotherapist, and a public health specialist. Now, the uniqueness about Brother uh, Rabbi Cohen, Dr. Shalomi, is he's a black man born in Israel. You don't find many of those in your life, and uh, he has Facebook posts that are many novels. When he writes a post, it scrolls and scrolls and scrolls and scrolls. And I do read them most of the time, especially if the topic is interesting. So this post this week was about colorectal cancer. So I've had a personal experience with a client. I I cleaned houses for almost 10 years. It was my own business, Holistic Home and Body Care. And I had a client who is now deceased from anal cancer. I had no clue what that was, and I didn't even know she had it. I worked in her house for two years. And this was a mulatto woman, uh, half black, white. She had white father, black. And she had a lot of emotional issues about her color when she was young. And uh, she left. Florida because she got very sick. Her husband was in a nursing home. He ended up in a nursing home. He had a stroke. I saw the whole thing. I, for two years, I was in this house experiencing her, would you, as you say, development of colon cancer. And I tried to help her a little with tapping, but it was a lot deeper than that, I found out. So she left, moved to Chicago, lived with her sister, and she died. I, it must must have been three or four months after she left, and her sister shared with me that one of the prob- one of the emotional issues that she had after the colon can- after the they called it anal cancer colon same thing. She hated her husband. Oh my goodness! When I was in the house, I got no clue of that, not at all. In fact, she was taking care of him while she worked in her psycho- psychology office. But her sister shared she had hate for her husband. So that colon cancer ate her up. Now, today, 2024, Rabbi Cohen has a whole other story about the root of colon cancer. So 
What I always do, I like to do, is see what Google has to say about subjects because that way you get a matrix perspective or a traditional perspective about things, not a whole, not a holistic perspective. So I pulled up, and I'm going to pull this up on um, on the uh, Facebook page so we can see it. What does, when you when you get a, a Facebook friend like Rabbi Cohen talking about a topic like colorectal cancer, his viewpoint is totally off the chain. I'm going to talk about how uh, he says it has a lot to do with the sexual lifestyle behaviors of people today. That's why this is for mature audiences only because we're going to go deep into the rabbit hole about sexual lifestyle behaviors that may be contributing to colorectal cancer. But my experience is different, and I'm going to show what Louise Hayes has to say about But let's just take a peek at what Google has. I thought this was very interesting, what the mainstream uh, media has to say about this topic. I think we should just explore it a little bit because it says a lot about the information that we get on topics and how it may not be accurate, but we get a perspective that's not telling the whole truth. So you, when you Google why is colorectal cancer increasing, the first thing you get is the factors driving that rise remain a mystery. Oh, it's a mystery. Oh, we don't really know. This is just first Google. Some of the things known to raise anyone's risk of colorectal cancer are having a family history of the disease, genetic, 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 having a certain genetic mutation, drinking too much alcohol, smoking cigarettes, or having obesity. Now, that's the first paragraph of this, of this explanation of why colorectal cancer. And another one says, cancer incidents rising among adults under 50, new report says. Now, that was, in, that was January of 2024. That was like two days ago. That's CNN. We're not even going to go there. We know what they do, fake news. So then we go down further. Why is colon cancer more common now? Here's what they have to say. Uh, More processed foods, higher rates of alcohol consumption and obesity, and more sedentary lifestyle, says Dr. William Dahoot, Chief Scientific Officer for the American Cancer Society. Well, that's a legitimate source, right? And then Yahoo.com says colon cancer is now the top cause of cancer death in young men. Oh, boy, that's scary. You can go down and search more. And and here's Yale Medicine. That should be interesting. Uh, and more American CBS News says more Americans getting colon cancer at younger ages. Scientists aren't sure why. Question mark, question mark among the scientists. And then Yale says colorectal cancer, what millennial and Gen Z's need to know. Nobody knows for sure why colorectal cancer numbers are rising in young people. Sedentary lifestyle, overweight, obesity, smoking, heavy alcohol, blah, 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 blah. Nobody's really getting to the matter like our rabbi got to the matter. Okay, let's do this. Let's do this. So I want to start with, first of all, what does Louise Hay have to say? Because I'm a holistic coach, life coach, we've got to look at the metaphysical cause of everything. That's what life shows you when you keep reading. Her book, Heal Your Body, The Mental Causes for Physical Illness and the Metaphysical Way to Overcome Them. 
So first off, she says, can't colon, the colon has to do with holding on to the past, fear of letting go. So there's a lot of fear energy in that area, colon, when you have a, a colon cancer, fear, holding on to the past, fear of letting go. She says the way to release or help is to, I easily release that which I no longer need. The past is over and I'm free. Love that. That's got to be a possibility other than smoking and sedentary lifestyle. Let's get real people. Now, cancer, what Louise Hayes has to say about cancer, if you put colon, colorectal cancer together, cancer, Louise Hayes says, is a deep hurt. Deep hurt, deep hurt down there. Long-standing resentment. Deep secret or grief eating away at the self. Carrying hatred. What's the use? Carrying hatred. Deep secret or grief eating away at the self. Long-standing. So we're looking at emotionally resentment, deep hurt, and more, and more. Colon, colorectal cancer. Interesting that the word colon also relates to colonizer. Hmm. Who's colonizing your colon? That's a question we got to ask today. Who's colonizing, interrupting, intruding, uh, disrupting, uh, invading, shall we say, your colon? Because it's a sacred place. What I want to do is go back to ACEs. We gotta go to the root cause. Aces, aces. I started. I mentioned aces last week. I talked, gave you a questionnaire, ten questions. But I want to give you some experts on it, not just my opinion. I have two experts today that I want to share with you who have, who talk about aces, adverse childhood experiences. I truly believe that the root of all diseases are in the childhood and even in the womb. We're not going to talk as much about the womb experience, but it's real. Bruce Lipton, one of my favorite scientists, talks about epigenetics. Epigenetics. It's above the genes, which means even when the baby is in the womb, what's going on in mommy's head is epigenetics. What's going on in mommy's heart is epigenetics. And even the energy of the relationship that the mother and father have is epigenetics. It's above the genes because it's the energy that is surrounding the construction of a baby in the womb is that starts the programming of that baby. We're going to start after the baby comes out. Let's just start there because that's where everything starts really swirling and moving around. So I have two experts, I would call them, on this topic of ACEs that I really want you to listen in, tune in, get this really, get this really in your understanding and understanding. ACEs, adverse childhood experience. If we're having an epidemic of colorectal cancer, it started in the childhood with lifestyle behaviors that were developed from resentment, hurt, wounds, all of that. So let me pull up here my first expert on this subject. Uh, let's see. 
doctor. Let's see, got to get her name here. Her name is Nicole Avina. How? No, no, no. Uh, let's see. The ACEs questionnaire. No, understanding ACEs with Dr. Nadine Nadine Burke Harris. That's her name. Nadine Burke Harris is a woman who I think even Oprah inter- interviewed her uh, because she is so knowledgeable about this topic. And I want us to start with her and really get um, an understanding from her perspective. So I'm going to play it in the studio, and I'm going to play it on the uh, my Facebook page as well. Here we go. The term ACEs stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. And these are stressful or traumatic experiences that happen in childhood that can increase the risk for significant health, mental health, and behavioral consequences later in life. They really come from a big landmark research study that was done by the CDC and Kaiser now more than 20 years ago in which they asked adults about their history of 10 categories of adverse childhood experiences, and these include physical, emotional, or sexual abuse, physical or emotional neglect, or growing up in a household where a parent experienced mental illness, substance dependence, uh, incarceration, where there was parental separation or divorce, or intimate partner violence. What they found was number one, ACEs are super common, and number two, that there's this really significant effect. So there's a direct, what we call a dose-response relationship between adverse childhood experiences and some of the most significant and serious health conditions that are facing Americans today. Two-thirds of individuals had experienced at least one and one in eight folks had experienced four or more. When we talk about how many of us have experienced ACEs, what we see is that ACEs impact every community, every demographic group, but it impacts our vulnerable communities in a, a disproportionate level. The big surprise about the ACE study was that for someone with four more ACEs, their risk of heart disease, was double, right? For stroke and cancer and liver disease and diabetes, even autoimmune disease. And a lot of these things are things that we didn't kind of traditionally or intuitively associate with childhood trauma. But now we can use this science to understand actually what happens in our brains and bodies when we're exposed to trauma or adversity and especially in childhood. The term, the toxic stress response, actually refers to the prolonged activation of our body's stress response, the release of all those stress hormones like adrenaline and cortisol and all those things that go along with our stress response, and then also the ways in which that affects our bodies. Children are especially vulnerable to this repeated activation of the stress response because their brains and bodies are just developing. 
So high doses of adversity in children actually changes the way their brains develop. It changes the way their hormonal systems develop, their immune system develops, and even the way their DNA is read and transcribed. And those long-term changes are what we refer to as the toxic stress response. One of the things that's really challenging about ACEs is that they tend to repeat in families generation after generation. And I will say this as someone who has experienced my fair share of ACEs, understanding how that might be impacting me and being able to recognize that for me is really the key for being able to do things differently. When we understand what happens in our bodies with the toxic stress response, and we understand that it's that prolonged activation of our stress response, then step one is really understanding what are the things that help to regulate our stress response. And immediately at that point, we begin decreasing the harm that happened as a result of our past experiences. So things like mindfulness, right, meditation, spending time in nature, uh, mental health interventions, regular exercise, nutritional strategies, and my favorite, healthy relationships. All of these things are really scientifically demonstrated to help to regulate the biological stress response, and they improve our outcomes for those of us who have experienced ACEs. These nurturing relationships, they, they feel good, which is good, of course, but they literally change our biology. When we have safe, stable, and nurturing relationships in our lives, it improves our neurologic functioning, it improves our hormonal regulation, it improves our immune functioning, and these social supports are critical part of healing. If we all understand our role in being a source of buffering care to a young person in need, that is truly transformative. ACES Aware is a first-in-the-nation effort to train our healthcare providers how to screen for adverse childhood experiences and how to respond in an evidence-based, trauma-informed way that helps to improve outcomes for children and adults. ACEs are not destiny. Even if someone has experienced significant ACEs, it doesn't mean that they are absolutely going to have these negative outcomes. Recognizing our ACEs requires us to recognize our vulnerability. And that can be really scary. But it also is the place where we, we get a chance to ask for what we need. I deeply believe that we can cut ACEs and toxic stress by half 
in one generation. I'm getting a, a message from my sister Zelda that you can't hear on Facebook. So let me um, uh, show a comment from Annette Helms on Facebook. Great. Hi, Annette. I'm so glad to see your beautiful face and your message. She says, Beata, this reminds me of what you spoke of many years ago, that trauma and loss often cause cancer in women and people generally, German New Medicine. Absolutely. Thank you, Annette, for reminding me of that. Now, if you have trouble hearing on Facebook, Annette, because I, I play the audio from my uh, blog talk studio, and I usually mute the video because I get better audio, I thought, from face, my blog talk. But if you're having trouble, I'm going to try to just play the video on the next uh, uh, video instead of playing the audio and see if that makes a difference because... Uh, my my sister Zelda says no audio on Facebook, so she jumped on YouTube. Uh, if you have trouble on Facebook, go to YouTube if you want to see the video portion of today's show. And I'm 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 assuming. Okay, Naima says I can hear you on Facebook blog talk, and you're also on you. Okay, great. So we'll just keep rolling. Uh, Grand Rising, oh wise one, uh, she says, thanks for awakening uh, not only public but medical professionals as well. Absolutely. We are taking our sovereignty back. Boy, oh, boy, this year has started. The first year was a, a doozy. Bomb, 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 bomb. That's what I would call the beginning of 2024, the psychopath, uh, the egomaniac. Uh, the warmongers are just bombing the hell out of the middle, the Red Sea. And talk about from the river to the sea. What do we have? Bomb, 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 bomb. Crazy, crazy, crazy. That's why I love my intro, uh, Time for Healing, because they talk about the insanity that we are experiencing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And I think it's great because we, the conscious uh, light workers, are witnesses to this insanity like never before. So we're going to take a break. Don't go away. When we come back, we're going to uh, give you the questionnaire, the ACEs questionnaire from Sarah Graham. She's another expert on ACEs, Adverse Childhood Experience. You just heard from Dr. Nadine Burke-Harris. You can see her on YouTube and more videos if you want to learn more. But when we come back, I'm going to share a video that gives you the ACEs questionnaire, the 10 questions. Uh, that you need to ask yourself and your friends and family prevent things like colorectal cancer. It's interesting. Um, Annette brings up my German New Medicine teaching that I did uh, years ago. And what German New Medicine teaches is why do cancers show up in a particular area of the body? Why do some people get lung cancer versus colorectal cancer uh, versus throat cancer. I had um, uh, I read an article about um, a woman. Let's see, what's her name? Actress Marcia Cross. She's battled with anal cancer. She says it was caused by HPV virus, which is the most common sexually transmitted disease. And 79 million Americans get HPV, sexually transmitted disease. So she got anal cancer, so she's talking about it now. Her husband has 
throat cancer. And she believes that both of them had this HPV virus that caused her anal cancer and throat cancer. Now, if you put two and two together, married couple, one has anal, one has throat. I'm just saying, with this is a mature show, folks. We're going to go deep into the rabbit hole this morning because we have a sexual and social lifestyle out of control culture going on right now. That's from Rabbi uh, Cohen, Dr. Shalom uh, Halawi, who I read his long Facebook post on the subject of colorectal cancer. And it didn't go anywhere near where I thought it was going. But I'm showing you all the different reasons that people could have colorectal cancer. And we're going to get into the nitty gritty of it after the message. But we're going to, as I said, it's so, so important to understand ACEs, your score, and this is going to explain why certain people have sexual behaviors that could be contributing to their colorectal cancer. It starts with ACEs. I definitely 100%, 110% believe that because as Dr. Um, as um, Dr. Harris said, the brain gets rewired, rewired when you have a high ACEs score. The brain is not the same as the average person who might be having normal sexual behavior all their life. They didn't have but one item on the ACEs questionnaire, and they never have cancer. My dad never had cancer in his 95 years. He might have had prostate issues because uh, I saw some salt palmetto and some things in his cabinet drawer that were saying he was trying to beef up his prostate, but never had cancer. So he was able, he was resilient, and that's where we're going today, teaching our children resilience, especially, especially when we are in a society that is just off-chain, serious, out-of-control culture of strange sex. So let me go to our commercials. And when we come back, I'll take a question. I see someone has raised their hand in the Blog Talk studio, and we'll come back right after these messages. I'm Viata, your holistic life coach. These days, it's more important than ever to work on your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Are you consciously breathing deeply in stressful moments? Do you have a plan or daily routine to maintain balance in your awesome body? Are you struggling to be disciplined in your eating habits? When you partner with me, I'll help you develop a personalized health plan that works for your particular lifestyle. You can find out more about me at yourholisticlifecoach.com where you can also review my three-step protocol to guide you to abundant health. That's yourholisticlifecoach.com, and I'm Viato. Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly Culture World Peace Restoration of Light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve peaceful harmony in the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue 
between religious groups. I am Director Shin Suk Kim of the HWPL Chicago branch of North America. Join us for our next gathering. Call 773-580-1501 and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us at chicagohwpl at gmail.com. What happens when a group of people are kidnapped from their homes, smuggled away in chains, and held captive in a foreign land where they are tortured, raped, and forced to perform hard labor by the lash of a whip and under the constant threat of death? Slavery, the African-American psychic trauma. What happened to the doctors, writers, scientists, builders, educators, and spiritual leaders from Africa's golden age? Who did they really capture and sell into slavery? Are all African Americans suffering from psychic trauma because of a conspiracy to hide their true identities? Do you have psychic trauma? Take the test on page 22 of the book and see. Order it online today at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com and get your personally autographed copy of the book, Slavery, the African-American Psychic Trauma. Because guess what? 
they probably were practicing the same serious out of control culture of anal sex that we see today. Okay, let's just be I told this is for mature audiences only. Why we talking about it? We need to help our children be resilient, whatever adverse things they've gone through. We can help you. We're going to help them because we know the truth now. The Google and Yale Medicine, they didn't mention one thing about sexual activity. Why is that? Why wouldn't, when you research adverse uh, or colorectal cancer, what's going on, go to mainstream media, go to Google, not a word about sexual activity. It's all smoking, uh, sedentary lifestyle, blah, 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 blah. And then one of them will recommend the medical treatment for it. They don't go into the root cause like ACEs, but they're going to recommend the medical treatment for it right away. So I want to play this. Let me play this, and then I'll go to the call phone calls. I want to play another ACEs questionnaire video about what is what are the 10 areas that you need to be aware of that may contribute to your colorectal cancer, brain cancer, uh, prostate, prostate cancer, any number of eases in the body because why? In, ACE, in adverse childhood experiences, the brain gets rewired and men and women lose their minds, basically. They lose what they would call your righteous mind to not participate in something that's going to stick something up your butt and cause disruption colonizing, we're talking colonized, colonizing. This is no accident that we are looking at activity in the Middle East that has to do with colonizers. And even in the United States, colonizers. What happened with the Native Americans in the United States? Colonizers. Europeans came over and just disrupted everything, and they brought their diseases with them. And then in the Middle East, what's happening there? Death, death, destruction, destruction, Middle East destruction. Uh, people are colonized. The British colonized the Palestine. All this colonizing. Here we're talking about uh, a disruption in the colon, causing cells to multiply, causing what we call cancer. No accident. 2024 is the year to reveal all the BS and the evil. So let's go into the questionnaire on ACEs, and then we'll move into um, more healing energy, more healing um, and information about addictions, because I truly believe the addictions that I am even witnessing in my own family have come from adverse childhood experiences. So today I'd like to talk about adverse childhood experiences. So these are known as ACEs. You may have come across them before. So this was a major study done that proved the link between the experiences we go through as children and the effects that they have on us throughout our lives into adulthood. So let's have a look. So let's go to my website, which is called childrenofnarcissist.org.uk, and there's an article over there called Adverse Childhood Experiences. So let's go and have a look. Adverse Childhood Experiences. A study was published in 1998 as a collaboration between the CDC 
and Kaiser Permanente, which is a healthcare service provider. This was one of the first studies to look at the relationship between chronic stress in childhood and adult health outcomes. 17,000 Kaiser members completed surveys on their childhood experiences and their current health status and behaviours. It was shown that around 66% of people have experienced at least one ACE, 20% have experienced three, and 14% have experienced four or more. Experiencing ACEs has an immediate effect on mental well-being, which can last into adulthood. Subsequent studies have shown that the higher the number of ACEs a person has, the more detrimental the effect is on their well-being in their adult years. So what are adverse childhood experiences? They are highly stressful and potentially traumatic events or situations that occur during childhood and or adolescence. They can be a single event or prolonged threats to and breaches of the young person's safety, security, trust or bodily integrity. So some examples are physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, living with someone who abused drugs or alcohol, exposure to domestic violence, living with someone who has gone to prison, living with someone with serious mental illness, and losing a parent through divorce, death, or abandonment. How ACEs affect the body and the brain. It is thought that the build-up of stressful events experienced by a child can lead to toxic stress, which leads to wear and tear on the developing brain, and a stress response system of the child. Children and adolescents who have undergone traumatic experiences have shown dysregulation in how their brain and body interpret and respond to stress. I have a few videos that discuss this. If you'd like to check those, I'll put screenshots on the screen and then I'll link to them at the end of this video. ACEs can affect the brain development and the nervous system of the individual so that they are always on high alert and looking out for danger, whether consciously or not. This means they have high levels of stress chemicals and are often in fight, flight, freeze and submit defences. A common way to calm the nervous system is through the use of alcohol, drugs and other addictive behaviours. Coping mechanisms such as substance misuse can have huge effects on the health of people in adulthood putting them at risk of cancers, heart issues and more. The feelings of shame and the lack of self-worth and self-esteem can mean that people with ACEs can end up in dysfunctional relationships where they may be at risk of abuse. Children and adolescents with ACEs were found to have high rates of obesity, hypertension and depression. Depression, heavy drinking, smoking, Lower educational attainment and unemployment were significantly associated with adverse childhood experiences. And research has also documented the connection between ACEs and substance use and suicide. A higher number of ACEs can cause an increase in the risk of mental health problems such as anxiety, depression and post-traumatic stress. One in three diagnosed mental health conditions in adulthood directly relate to ACEs. And those with four or more ACEs are 3.7 times more likely to be currently receiving treatment for mental illness and are 9.5 times more likely to have felt suicidal or to have self-harmed. The longer an individual experiences an ACE and the more ACEs someone experiences, 
the bigger the impact it will have on their development and their health. ACEs can affect the ability of individuals to recognize and manage different emotions and their capacity to make and keep healthy friendships and other relationships. What is your ACE score? There are 10 types of childhood trauma measured in the ACE study and each type of trauma counts as one. The ACE score is meant as a guideline and other types of toxic stress which lasts over months or years would increase your risk of health consequences. The ACE questionnaire. Prior to your 18th birthday, one, did a parent or other adult in the household often or very often swear at you, insult you, put you down or humiliate you or act in a way that made you afraid that you might be physically hurt? If yes, score one. Two, did a parent or other adult in the household often or very often push, grab, slap or throw something at you or ever hit you so hard that you had marks or were injured? If yes, score one. Three, did an adult or person at least five years older than you ever touch you or have you touched their body in a sexual way? Four, did you often or very often feel that no one in your family loved you or thought you were important or special or your family didn't look out for each other, feel close to each other or support each other? If yes, score one. Five, did you often or very often feel that you didn't have enough to eat or had to wear dirty clothes or had no one to protect you or your parents were too drunk or high to take care of you? or take you to the doctor if you needed it? If yes, score one. Six, were your parents ever separated or divorced? If yes, score one. Seven, was your mother or stepmother often or very often pushed, grabbed, slapped or had something thrown at her? Or sometimes often or very often kicked, bitten, hit with a fist or hit with something hard or ever repeatedly hit at least a few minutes or threaten with a gun or a knife? If yes, score one. And I think there we can also apply that to men who are victims of domestic abuse. Eight, did you live with anyone who was a problem drinker or alcoholic or who used street drugs? If yes, score one. Nine, was a household member depressed or mentally ill or did a household member attempt suicide? If yes, score one. Did a household member go to prison? If yes, score one. If you've been scoring during that, you will have your ACE score. So the scoring is as follows. Questions one to three refer to emotional, physical and sexual abuse. Questions four and five assess emotional and physical neglect. And questions six to 10 refer to household dysfunction. There are many other sources of childhood trauma that are not included in the above mentioned scoring tool, such as exposure to community violence or food insecurity. The role of resilience in response to ACEs. Resilience has been proposed to be a protective factor against the trauma of ACEs, in spite of the known impact of childhood stress on the So we're gonna talk about resilience today. Uh, now that we've set the foundation of what is causing, in my mind, all 99% of diseases, adverse challenges, 
which she and Dr. Harris uh, point out, it affects the brain, the way the brain develops. It affects the nervous system. And what do people do as they get older when they have had these adverse traumatic stress, they call it toxic stress, they call it, they use alcohol, they use drugs, uh, and they use anything that will bring up the dopamine levels, the oxytocin level, all these neurotransmitters that um, give you the love hormone that soothes the body, that do whatever that person needs to offset that toxic stress that is still in their subconscious. Because if there hasn't been a community of support after adverse childhood experiences, then that person has to press all that toxic stress on their own. And how do they do that? In various ways. I have two uh, grandchildren who went through a divorce with their parents very early. And I have seen uh, some of the behavior that goes along with trauma that you've experienced uh, in your young adult life and your young in your young life, your childhood. And I'm also uh, with, I'm also witnessing now a really uh, important development in my mind about my own behavior as a parent. When I uh, left my children, my young sons, in their crib while and let them cry because that's what I was told to do. Basically, as a young mother, if they're crying and crying, you hug them, you fed them, you've done all this. Just put them in their crib and let them cry. Eh, probably not a good idea. Another thing that parents have done uh, over the years is not allow their children to sleep with them in their young life. We got away from that because eh, it was a modern thing to do. Get a crib with bars on it, put them in prison in the in the in the baby cage, and they'll be okay. Well, I had my adult son admit to me uh, a couple of weeks ago as we were talking about his children wanting to sleep with him. They always want to sleep with him. Now, you can imagine two children who were like, I think they were like two and four when their, when their parents went through a divorce. They had this need to cling to daddy. They have this need to sleep with daddy right now. They want to be in daddy's presence. They want to attach. And this is what um, Dr. Gabor Mate talks about when uh, he discloses how people become addicts and addicted to things, is that in their childhood, they were lacking the dopamine and the oxytocin. So I have a, a need, I think, to ask my sons to forgive me for the lack of consciousness about their need to develop uh, emotional security by just doing something like sleeping with your parents. We put these young uh, infants, babies, toddlers in a room all by themselves with their cage in there, in there. And they put a cam. We put a camera in the room to make sure we're monitoring them like slaves or something, instead of allowing them the connection, the attachment to their parents in their beds, which is what what families did all the time and years ago, hundreds of years ago. We didn't have three bedroom apartments, three bedroom houses where everybody had their own room, we had families in one bed 
uh, all the children sleeping in the bed with mom and dad. Today that seems strange to people, but actually the psychology and the emotional healing that it brings is what's uh, important these days. So I encourage you, anyone, grandparents, young parents, encourage your parents to let their children sleep with them, let them as long as they need it, because there could be something in their psyche, in their brain, in their emotional state that they are not getting the dopamine and the oxytocin. And if you don't do that, what happens is you're developing addictions, as Dr. Gabor states. I'm going to play his, uh, before we go, I'm going to play his teaching on this subject. It's so important that we see um, the connection between addictions, why we have people today addicted to sex, let's say addicted to sex, and addicted to alcohol, sugar, big addiction in in my household uh, is sugar. It's a drug, and we don't look at it that way. But let's listen to Dr. Gabor Mate. He's an expert to me on addictions. He's has meant 30-some years of it. He experienced it as a child, very traumatic experience in the Holocaust experience. And he does a very good analysis of how the ACEs, so an addiction is a complex psychological physiological process but which manifests in any behavior any behavior that a person enjoys that a person enjoys finds relief in and therefore craves in the short term but suffers negative consequences in the long term and doesn't give up despite the negative consequences so craving pleasure relief in the short term negative consequences in the long term inability to give it up now notice i has said nothing about substances i said any behavior so it could be related to cocaine, crystal meth, heroin, fentanyl, marijuana, nicotine, alcohol, whatever. could also be sex, gambling, internet, relationships, shopping, eating, work, extreme sports, working out, um, pornography, any number of uh, human activities. So I said any behavior. Now, the official definition of addiction, according to the American um, Society for Addiction Medicine is that this is primary a brain, it's a primary brain disorder. It arises in the brain largely due to genetic reasons. This is how they see it. And I say that's just not true. Uh, the other popular idea about addiction is that it's a choice that somebody makes, that people choose to be addicted, which is what the legal system is based on. Because if people are not choosing, what are we punishing them for? And, and, uh, Although I think the medical definition is closer to the truth, I don't see it as a genetic, it's a genetic disorder, and I don't see it as a primary brain disorder. So let me perhaps show you why, if that's okay. A human being has two fundamental needs, apart from the physical needs in infancy, in childhood. One is for attachment. <clears throat> now, attachment is the closeness and proximity with another human being for the sake of being looked after, or for the sake of looking after the other. Now, human beings, as mammals and even birds, are creatures of attachment. We have to connect and attach because otherwise we don't survive. If there's nobody that's motivated to take care of us, to attach to us that way, and we're not motivated to 
attached to others, we just can't survive. One additional thing is, is that the endorphins, which um, are the body's internal opiate make, uh, chemicals, which heroin and all the other opiates resemble, they help to facilitate attachment. So if you take infant mice and you knock out their endorphin receptors so they don't have endorphin opiate activity in their brain, they won't cry for help and separate from their mothers, which would mean that they would die in the wild. And which goes back to what happens in early in childhood when there's stress and trauma, these, uh, these endorphin systems don't develop. And then when people do heroin, it feels like a warm, soft hug to them. They feel love and connection for the first time. That's why it's so powerful. But so we have this need for attachment, without which obviously the human infant, who is the most hopeless, the most dependent, the least mature of any creature in the universe at birth, uh, cannot survive without the attachment. And that attachment relationship, given that we have the longest period of development of any creature, you know, well into adolescence and, and beyond, attachment is not a negotiable need. But we have another need, which is authenticity. Now, authenticity, out of the self, means being connected to ourselves. Just knowing what we feel and being able to act on it. So, that means our gut feelings. So, let's look at how human beings evolved. For hundreds of thousands of years, and for a hundred thousand years or so of this species existing on Earth, how did we live? We didn't live in cities and houses and so on. We lived out there in the wild until very recently in human um, existence. Now, just how long do you survive in the wild if you're not connected to your gut feelings? Not very long. If you start using your intellect instead of your gut feelings, you just don't survive. So that's a powerful survival need as well. So attachment is a survival need. Authenticity is a survival need. But what happens if your authenticity threatens your attachment relationships? For example, as a two-year-old, you get angry because you didn't get that cookie before dinner. But your parents can't handle anger because they grew up in homes when there was rageaholism and they're terrified at the very expression of anger. So they give you the message that good little kids don't get angry. The message you receive is not that good little kids don't get angry, but that angry little kids don't get loved. Because your parents are not sullen, they won't look at you, they talk to you in a harsh way, you're not getting loved. Not experiencing love at that moment. No. But you've got to stay attached. Guess what you're going to suppress? The authenticity every time. And this is how we lose connection to ourselves and to our gut feelings. So that, strangely enough, that very dynamic, which is essential for human survival in a natural setting, not becomes a threat to our survival in this, in this more modern setting, where to stay authentic is to threaten attachment. And so we give up our authenticity, and then we wonder who the hell we are, and whose life is this, and who's experiencing all this, and this life doesn't... You know, and who am I really? And so that's where the reconnection has to happen. That's where the healing happens, is with that reconnection. But it's because of that conflict, that tragic conflict in childhood between authenticity and attachment that most of us face, that we lose ourselves and lose connection to our gut feelings. Now, this leads to the, uh, the question of trauma, because it's one thing to recognize that all this originates in childhood pain. It's quite another to transform that pain. And for that, we have to understand what trauma is. So people often think that trauma is what happens to you. So trauma is a divorce when you were small and your parents fighting. Trauma is your mother's depression. Trauma is your father's alcoholism. 
trauma is your parents argumentation trauma is physical or sexual abuse or some loss those aren't the traumas those are traumatic but the trauma is not what happens to you the trauma is what happens inside you and as a result of these traumatic events what happens inside you is you get, you get disconnected from your emotions and you disconnected from your body and you have difficulty being in the present moment and you develop a negative view of your world and a negative view of yourself and a defensive view of other people. And these perspectives keep showing up in your life in the present. So in other words, the addiction is not the primary problem. It's an attempt to solve a problem. And then the real question is, how did the problem arise? In other words, this is where my theory is that it's always rooted in childhood trauma mm -hmm. and that the addiction is an attempt to deal with the effects of childhood trauma, which it does temporarily, mm -hmm. while it creates even more problems in the long term. And so the issue is not just to recognize what happened 10, 15, 30, however many years ago, but to actually recognize the manifestations in the present moment and to transcend them. And how do you do that? By reconnecting with yourself, by restoring the connection with your body primarily and with your emotions that you lost. <clears throat> and once you do, when you found these things again, then you have what we call recovery. Because what does it mean to recover something? It means to find it again. So what is it that people find when they recover? They find themselves. And the loss of self is the essence of trauma. So the real purpose of, uh, of, of addiction treatment, mental health treatment, any kind of healing is reconnection. happens inside you we've been talking about what happens to you as a child the I almost want to I have tears swelling up I don't know why but it's because I think what Dr. Gabor is sharing with us is such a powerful truth if you can hear what he's saying what happens inside you is the question that will um help us understand the manifestation of colorectal cancer today is what has happened inside of these people who may have been um, experimenting with anal sex, whatever, and a deep hurt that they've experienced in their life. It's what This is what Rabbi Cohen, Dr. Shaloman Lawi brings out, that we have a serious out-of-control culture of anal sex. That was his words. Quote, gay men, straight or bisexual women, uh, it's also behind the rise in prostatitis, which is prostate cancer in men due to damaging bacteria. Whoa, 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 whoa. I know this may be heavy for some of you, but I'm going to take a break to let you process this. And then I'll read some comments uh, from our executive producer, Naima Latif, which brings a lot of this uh, to our minds as truth as well. But what Dr. Gabor just shared is so powerful to help us heal this, what is happening inside of people that they are allowing uh, the European way of thinking maybe to enter into a sacred place called the colon and be colonized again in the body oh my goodness we got healing healing needed everywhere let's take a break and we'll be right back 
Do you worry about finances, family, health, jobs, relationships? Are you in pain? Do you feel stuck? If you answered yes to any of these questions, help is available. Don't worry, you're not alone. It's part of the human process. You only feel this way because you haven't mastered the voices in your head. No hype, just down-to-earth, solid, workable tools and techniques that you can practice daily. It's really food for the soul. Whether you want to learn how not to worry about anything, reverse type 2 diabetes, publish a book, promote your product or service, or just make extra money. To take advantage of the deal of the day, go to zeldaspeaks.com or call 312-409-6619. Mention promo code The Female Solution and get free shipping. That's zeldaspeaks.com or 312-409-6619. Stop worrying today. Visit zeldaspeaks.com. Have you ever dreamed of going to exotic places, meeting fascinating people, enjoying uplifting music, and spending nights in a luxurious hotel? Do you look forward to a relaxing vacation where you can walk along the beach or sit in a quiet park and enjoy the sunset or sunrise? Whether you're flying around the world or driving across the country, we will share travel tips that will help you stay safe while you enjoy the journey. Join me every third Saturday of the month, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, and move around with Deborah here on the Female Solutions Show. Call in and comment, 515-605-9325, and press 1 to speak. And we are back. Uh, we want to keep moving along because they have so much to cover. And I thank you for hanging in here with me on kind of a heavy topic today, but it's so needed as colorectal cancer is on the rise. We, we have to, we can choose to teach our children about resilience in this matter. Whatever uh, trauma they've been through, um, it's a lesson for us and for them, especially for me, I'm going through some real deep lessons about my own parenting in my life, in my children's life that my son revealed to me by sharing something about how he had a desire to sleep with me and his father. And I didn't know that, of course, but he, it came out in him when his own children were expressing this desire lately. So it's great, great, great that I'm coming to a new awareness as a grandparent to teach my grandchildren differently, um, uh, discipline, everything, everything. It's a new day. And um, our executive producer, Naima, says that all the cruel things we did to our children, putting them in a cage, yep, letting them cry, yep, putting them in a separate bed, yep, we imitated from European culture. And that's the colonizer the colonization that we are seeing in the Middle East, all over the world, Congo, where we're seeing the influence of another culture 
on another people that was damaging and unhealthy. Uh, she also says, we let ourselves be ridiculed out of carrying our babies in a pouch. Yep, put them in a stroller. Get them away from your body. They don't need to be attached. And Dr. Gabor says that's exactly what they needed. Put them in babies in a pouch. Whites called it primitive and shamed us out of this very healthy practice of emotional bonding. And and that's what we're seeing as a consequence today in adults is strange sexual behavior, all because uh, there was a lack of emotional bonding people. And uh, our our Saturday uh, morning host, our afternoon host, Deborah, to move around with Deborah tomorrow, wow, the trauma was experienced as children affected process of our internal organs. The, and this answers some questions. Absolutely. I, I'm answering a lot of questions. I've been asking the question, about sugar addiction in my family. Oh, my goodness. I have one person who just every morning, we got five-pound bag of sugar on the counter. It's like, what is going on with this sugar? And so I, I realized I, I came to the answer. Uh, it answered the question for me about the sugar. And I want to play uh, this um very informative piece about sugar, what sugar addiction, what sugar does to the brain. And it put the pieces together for us all uh, to see uh, why we have uh, our relatives, our friends, whatever, addicted to anything. Alcohol, porn, I've had observed that in my family, porn, porn addiction. It goes back once again um, to this need that was missing uh, about the need that uh, our our pa- families had. I don't even see, let's see, ACEs healing. Uh, Dr. Gabor. Okay, I'm going to have to just play the, the video, and uh, I don't have it in my blog. So let me play this for you about sugar addiction. It's called carbohydrate. Full cones piled high with ice cream. Warm, gooey cookies, crunchy candies, velvety cake, waffle cones piled high with ice cream. Is your mouth watering? Are you craving dessert? Why? What happens in the brain that makes sugary food so hard to resist? Sugar is a general term used to describe a class of molecules called carbohydrates, and it's found in a wide variety of food and drinks. Just check the labels on sweet products you buy. Glucose, fructose, sucrose. Maltose, lactose, dextrose, and starch are all forms of sugar. So are high fructose corn syrup, fruit juice, raw sugar, and honey. And sugar isn't just in candies and desserts. It's also added to tomato sauce, yogurt, dried fruit, flavored waters, or granola bars. Since sugar is everywhere, it's important to understand how it affects the brain. What happens when sugar hits your tongue? And does eating a little bit of sugar make you crave more? You take a bite of cereal. The sugars it contains activate the sweet taste receptors, part of the taste buds on the tongue. These receptors send a signal up to the brain stem, and from there it forks off into many areas of the forebrain, one of which is the cerebral cortex. Different sections of the cerebral cortex process different tastes, bitter, salty, umami, and in our case, sweet. 
From here, the signal activates the brain's reward system. This reward system is a series of electrical and chemical pathways across several different regions of the brain. It's a complicated network, but it helps answer a single subconscious question. Should I do that again? That warm, fuzzy feeling you get when you taste grandma's chocolate cake? That's your reward system saying, mmm, yes. And it's not just activated by food. Socializing, sexual behavior, and drugs are just a few examples of things and experiences that also activate the reward system. But overactivating this reward system kickstarts a series of unfortunate events, loss of control, craving, and increased tolerance to sugar. Let's get back to our bite of cereal. It travels down into your stomach and eventually into your gut. And guess what? There are sugar receptors here too. They're not taste buds, but they do send signals telling your brain that you're full or that your body should produce more insulin to deal with the extra sugar you're eating. The major currency of our reward system is dopamine, an important chemical or neurotransmitter. There are many dopamine receptors in the forebrain, but they're not evenly distributed. Certain areas contain dense clusters of receptors, and these dopamine hotspots are a part of our reward system. Drugs like alcohol, nicotine, or heroin send dopamine into overdrive, leading some people to constantly seek that high, in other words, to be addicted. Sugar also causes dopamine to be released, though not as violently as drugs. And sugar is rare among dopamine-inducing foods. Broccoli, for example, has no effect, which probably explains why it's so hard to get kids to eat their veggies. Speaking of healthy foods, let's say you're hungry and decide to eat a balanced meal. You do, and dopamine levels spike in the reward system hotspot. But if you eat that same dish many days in a row, dopamine levels will spike less and less, eventually leveling out. That's because when it comes to food, the brain evolved to pay special attention to new or different tastes. Why? Two reasons. First, to detect food that's gone bad. And second, because the more variety we have in our diet, the more likely we are to get all the nutrients we need. To keep that variety up, we need to be able to recognize a new food, and more importantly, we need to want to keep eating new foods. And that's why the dopamine levels off when a food becomes boring. Now back to that meal. What happens if in place of the healthy, balanced dish, you eat sugar-rich food instead? If you rarely eat sugar or don't eat much at a time, the effect is similar to that of the balanced meal. But if you eat too much, the dopamine response does not level out. In other words, eating lots of sugar will continue to feel rewarding. In this way, sugar behaves a little bit like a drug. It's one reason people seem to be hooked on sugary foods. So think back to all those different kinds of sugar. Each one is unique, but every time any sugar is consumed, it kickstarts a domino effect in the brain that sparks a rewarding feeling. Too much, too often, and things can go into overdrive. So yes, overconsumption of sugar can have addictive effects on the brain. But a wedge of cake once in a while won't hurt you. So, I now understand fully why certain family members are indulging in sugar all the time, every day, more and more of it, uh, because there's a need deep inside to raise that dopamine level and uh, raise the comfort level. There's something, there's pain inside, there's hurting inside. From childhood, imagine. And then there's a, a, a progress of relationships, uh, relationships that, triggered that childhood pain 
that that lack of attachment, that lack of connection. And so uh, I'm I'm more compassionate, more uh, sympathetic, and especially empathic and all that. But um, we are in a very special place to heal, resolve, and turn things around with truth. The, the most high creator universe is revealing the evil, colorectal cancer from maybe anal sex. You know, when um, back in the AIDS epidemic, men were taking something called poppers. It's a drug that relaxes the muscles, okay? Uh, and this is in the book Virus Mania about uh, the AIDS. There's a whole chapter about AIDS epidemic and how the role Fauci played back then with his AZT drug. It's really interesting read called Virus Mania. Poppers was the popular drug. Still, I found that they still sell this pop, this drug or this substance that's not meant uh, to be taken for the reasons that gay men took it. But what this drug did was does does did relaxes the muscles so that the entrance is less painful in the anal area. You know what I mean? I don't want to get too graphic, but uh, then we have other people doing cocaine. You can't have, in my mind, you can't perform that type of sex without some kind of drug. You've got to be on a drug to do that, right? So we are, when we do that, we're weakening the immune system. It was discovered that these poppers were weakening the immune system. Not to mention when a man uh, ejaculates, uh, there's an alkaline gel called seminoplasma slightly alkaline, and what does it do? It, it helps reduce the acidic nature of the vagina. When men and women have normal or uh, usual sex, traditional sex, the vagina has what I studied as an acidic nature in the pH. It's more acidic in the pH level. And when a man uh, drops sperm, uh, there's a seminal plasma that's slightly alkaline, and that is because sperm wouldn't last. It wouldn't produce. It wouldn't get through the vagina to, onto the egg and the ovaries and all that. It, the process is so sophisticated. Uh, this amazing biological computer, as you saw, even from the tongue, eating sugar, there's a reaction in the body that sends messages when we take drugs in the body and change the pH of the body. So you can imagine if someone's addicted to a different type of sexual activity from the other whole, what is happening to the colon? The colon has an army called microbiome. And if those microbiome are not diverse and healthy, and flourishing and communicating with the brain about what's needed in the body, guess what? Confusion, conflict develops. And that's what happens even uh, during COVID season. If you had a weak micro, and if you have a weak microbiome, the bacteria just have a party. They have the viruses, okay? The viruses that show up, they can have a party. You don't have an army. In your colon, your army's weak, guess what? Bacteria take over. So back to 
uh, the article about this woman and her husband who had, she had anal cancer, he had throat cancer. They both had the HPV virus present in their cancer situation because that virus took over. You don't have a diverse uh, microbiome full of healthy bacteria, viruses, and fungus. They, the, the HPV will take over. The candida will take over. And even the diseases that they find in hospitals when the superbug comes in, your army is too weak. So what's going to happen if you're doing sexual activity in the colon area and then you're ejaculating with sperm in that area? Sperm is not meant to produce a healthy microbiome. Hello, hello, hello. I don't want to get too graphic, but this is what Dr. or uh, Dr. Cohen uh, Dr. Rabbi Cohen is talking about. He didn't even go into the, the details of the pH and the chemistry, but the fact that this type of uh, out-of-control culture of anal sex and whatever is going on is the problem. Now, again, we can have sympathy because I believe it's all rooted in ACEs. These people doing this must have some high ACEs scores that they would go through that torture, the torture and the mind. Remember, uh, the, the adverse childhood experience affects the brain, the nervous system, and then people are looking for alcohol, drugs, pornography to calm the nervous system that has never been healed. And uh, we've got another comment from um, our sister, uh, Zelda, my sister, on Monday morning. It says, Dr. Porter warned us before he passed how we adopted the European mindset that has captured Americans, causing diseases leading to bad health and death. Uh, name of that video. I will put that in the comments for you, Zelda, the name of the video. You mean the one on sugar, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, I'll put that in the in the uh, comments. But so we have a great opportunity now. We are witnesses. Witnesses. This is, that's, this is the positive side. We're going to go this last half hour. It's all building resilience being more uh, conscious about the needs that our children have not to be in a cage anymore, the need that our children have to sleep with their parents as long as they need it. Give it to them. Sleep with them. Be more unselfish. Find ways to have sex with your partner when the kids are in school or whatever, but give those children the dopamine, the the, um the oxytocin, the endorphins that they need as their brain is developing. Now, I want to take us all through this beautiful, um, what you call mantra, on unconditional love and forgiveness clearing. This book was given to me as a gift called I Am Unconditional Love I Am. And it's just a beautiful mantra to help us heal what Louise Hay says is a deep hurt. And it's a deep hurt that has created insecurity, lack of self-love, holding on to what could have been, what should have been. You know, a lot of us hold on to, well, why, why didn't my mother 
Why didn't my mother love me? Why didn't my mother do? Because we were ignorant, basically. We were unconscious and ignorant. There are no perfect parents. That's what we have to get across to our grandchildren. Whatever their parents do or did, there are no perfect parents. We're all learning on this journey of of, uh, called to consciousness. And to have a healthier body starts up here. In my mind, my understanding, it starts in the brain. It starts in taking control over your pain, realizing that all pain is a blockage of energy. If you have pain anywhere, there's energy being blocked. Talk to your body. Why is it there? Talk to it. Unblock it. Start tapping. So if I want you to uh, participate with me in this um, mantra of love is everything. Unconditional love and forgiveness clearing mantra. That's what it is. If you if you like, whatever your ACEs score is, this could be the start of undoing the pain, undoing the suffering, the undoing the lack of attachment uh, and the lack of authenticity. As Dr. Gabor talks about, uh, we have had a conflict in attachment and authenticity. Our parents, me included, did not understand, understand, overstand the importance of attachment and authenticity, allowing children to be themselves, to be their unique souls, and to attach to their parents as long as it was needed. Deborah says, I remember in the hospital after giving birth, the nurses would get so upset when I'd have my baby sleep with me in the same bed, insisting it was dangerous. That's why we should stay away from hospitals. When you have, uh, we should encourage, thank you, Deborah, for that beautiful testimony, because that's another reason to encourage home births. And I, as a doula, I have a client right now who she's 17 years old. She's about three months pregnant. I send her right away to a, mid- a midwife. They're getting prepared for a home birth. And you never know what's going to happen. But at least her mind is set on, I'm going to try and do it at home. I'm going to have it naturally. Keep the nurses and doctors out of the picture. Because once the baby comes out, let's say you're in a bathtub. Most most uh, home births are in a big tub with water. Maybe, you know, those swimming pools that the kids are in. You fill that with water, the midwife there, the uh, doula's there, and they're coaching. The woman is sitting up, not on her back. She's sitting up waiting to birth that baby in the water, and that baby immediately goes to the breast. It stays there as long as needed, and mom and baby start the attachment early on, not having some nurse and doctor and, and from the medical uh, Rockefeller system of drugs, 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 telling you, no, that's dangerous. You better have the baby in a crib, in a cage. Put the baby in a cage over there. And my granddaughter, poor thing, was in a, a facility with a glass because her mother had an infection. They wouldn't even let my granddaughter bond with her mother the first few hours and days. I see the consequences. Believe me, she's nine years old, and I'm seeing the results of that behavior. So let us together do this beautiful mantra if you choose to let go of the ACEs energy that still might be present and become more resilient. So let's begin with three deep breaths. 
inhale, and then I'll go to the callers. After we do this, uh, yes, I see uh, I see your hand, Mom Macy. We're going to do this mantra first, and then we'll go to the callers, see what your response is, if you have any questions or comments. Three deep breaths. Inhale and exhale. Inhale and exhale. Inhale and exhale. Now, if you want, you can tap on your meridians. Otherwise, just speak the words, I let go. I let light. I let love. I am grateful. I love you. And shalom. So I'm going to do that one more time, only we're going to tap on that as we go. If you want three deep breaths, inhale. And inhale and exhale. And repeat after me as you tap. I let go. I let light. I let love. I am grateful. I love you. 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 Grab your wrist. Take a deep breath and affirm that you are in total peace, our shalom. And if you did that, see how it feels. Assess how it feels. And I'm going to go to the phones. Uh, I have uh, 336-350. AZ, I believe. Is open. Mom, AZ, your mic is open. How Thank are you, you. this can morning? You, yes, I, I can. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Go ahead. We can hear I'm you. So, I'm so abundantly grateful for this day. Grand Rising family. Dr. V, you are freaking for Jesus hooked up to the tall ones, to the ancestors, everybody I I just we you and I we've been together for it seems like for centuries on top of centuries and and in my next life Dr V I'm gonna marry you okay because <laughs> you you're the freaking bomb I, oh. I'm sitting here with the cookies <laughs> with the chips ahoy scarfing them down like what the hell is this about. And today, family is a one, planting seeds and dropping knowledges. It's been drama with my children and my grandchildren and others. And Dr. V, uh, this show I'm going to dedicate to my daughter, Shannon, and my grandson, Xavier, and my medicine woman, Marie, my granddaughter, and my other daughter, Tessa, time in vac- vacation Bible school for a day. And 
figure it out what Vacation Bible School is, family. I don't want to uh, get graphic, but Dr. V, we have to get graphic. This this is very, very, very extremely important. What you have unearthed with your golden Gibraltar hatchet, it today is a one planting seeds that you may not see come to fruition, but they're there. And I'm dedicating this show to my children, to my sister who says, no, I can't do honey. It tastes funny. I got to put sugar. My brother, I got to put sugar. And here I am, scarfing these chips ahoy, chocolate chip cookies. I have never done this. And now I know what's up. I'm stressed. I, and and I'm 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 doing this comfort uh, binge. After I eat this, I'm asking the Most High to get it out of my system some kind of way because I don't need this. But it it expresses what's going on. And I love us, Doctor V. I love you, my sister. I've been sending you information. And thank you for Paul Allen. Thank you for Pastor Nix. Thank you for all you bring to the planet. Because, see, you listen. You you hear, Dr. V, and get graphic. Get down to the bone, to the nitty-gritty, because that is what we need on this goddamn planet. Excuse my French, but I am serious as a heart attack. So thank you. I love the freaking bejesus out of you, Dr. V. I love you. Love you. Thank you for having the courage to do what you do because you're helping me to move forth and come out of the closet with the next chapter of my life. And, And family, I'm not talking about being gay. I'm talking about being Mama Bonfire, Mama Mabelly, or Moms Mabelly AZ. I'm serious. People may not like me when they see me come out of the closet, but you know what? Quite frankly, I just don't give a damn anymore. Thank us. Thank you, Doctor. Well, it's a natural. It's a natural behavior to eat Oreo cookies and. Um, uh, sugar-laden foods when you have been in conflict with your childhood need to attach and be your authentic self. So that's one of the drugs, pornography, sugar, alcohol. I have had, I've seen it in my family, and now I understand the root of it as a child and as a parent observing uh, all this has happened because of lack of attachment and authenticity. So now, Mama AZ, you're being your authentic self, and the healing has, has is beginning and continuing. But we've had, as Dr. Gabor said, what happened inside of you is the bigger question, not just what happened to us and to our children, but what happened inside of you was this emotional detachment. Uh, attachment was not given by our parents. And we couldn't be our authentic soul selves. That's why soul purpose healing was given to me. It'll be 11 years uh, this year that I've been on soul purpose healing on Sundays. 
And it started out in such a strange way, 15-minute shows where I just threw stuff out there for 15 minutes on health and soul and metaphysics and uh, spirituality. And then I got a couple of hosts to go on there with me. They didn't last. And Mama AZ was there the whole time. So love you too, sister, because there's no better friend, sister, uh, a person that can be in your life that sticks in there when you're going through some really uncertain times and changes. And that's why Mama AZ and I are sisters forever in the next life and everywhere else. And uh, so thank us, thank us, thank us. And now we have a new thing. We have a new yes. family. If you have, how did anyone uh, do the the mantra love mantra? And did it? Did you feel anything, uh, Mama Az? You might want to go through that again. I I posted it on uh, Facebook. Uh, I am love. Okay. I know. I let go. I let light. I let love. I am grateful. I love you. That's just a simple mantra that you can practice if you are having. Addiction problems, for one, which show, which tell you that you had a conflict in your young life with attachments and um, authenticity. And here I want to give you, as before we go, the medicine. This is your medicine for 2024, a long list of natural medicine, starting with laughter. So important as we, uh, as some of our speakers have talked about, that we develop healthy relationships. And if you can have meals with, uh, I, I, I had a funny post I read Facebook. Uh, the this woman was saying, "Well, I don't cook for men uh, be, anymore because uh, they're not giving me this, they're not giving me that, and I don't cook for men because they don't have what I need." Blah blah blah. I was going about it was all about cooking for men, and I was like, "Really?" I said, listen, I'll cook for a man if I know we can have laughter, good food, and good conversation. That's a friendship there. You don't, If you're a single woman, stop this crazy idea that you don't have to cook for a man. Cook for a man. Go ahead. But in return, you want, just let him know you're going to have the good food and good conversation. If you don't want the sex, make it clear. You're not having, I'm not cooking for you and giving you no sex. Let, let it be clear. But go ahead and cook for your friends, your male friends, female friends, whoever. But these are the, the, the qualifications, the, 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 kind of the things you want to set out. Laughter, we got to have laughter during the meal. Good food, maybe some wine, and um good conversation because you want to get to the root of their aces in a sly way maybe, but don't have to be, but you want to ask questions. Is this a man you're interested in? Start with the aces. Bring out the questionnaire and then start laughing about it because that's where it has to go. Number two, meditation. Have the whatever, whoever, nobody in your life breathing, quiet times with beautiful music. Music, laughter, meditation, good music, music, uh, grounding. Got to get out there, bare feet. Even in the winter, if it's not too cold, get out there, take your shoes and socks off, get your feet in the earth, grounding and earthing. Human connections, so important to overcome any ACEs uh, scores. Cold plunges, 
when you get that first thing in the morning, if you don't do anything else, take a cold towel on your face. Whoa, whoa, whoa. When you do that, I don't know about you, you feel your blood start moving all over from your head to your toe. That's what helps the circulation along with the, if you did your joint rolling in bed, you're on a roll now. Get out of that bed. Your blood's moving. Your immune system's going. Uh, your um, Everything's going. You get to the sink, put a cold towel on your face, rub that face, that towel around your face. Woo! Medicine, medicine. Uh, movement. Movement. Keep it moving. Don't become sedentary. Nature. This is the best medicine. Get out there, hug trees, look at trees, look at birds, look at skies. I saw a, a video uh, this week with Bruce Lipton and Greg Brayton, two very conscious scientists and teachers. And Bruce Lipton was talking about 80% of our nutrition comes from nature. Just like my friend uh, Elitam Elamim, uh, who's in Uganda now, eating no food, drinking no water, he gets all his nourishment from nature. That's the sky, the trees, the grass, the clouds, the sun, the moon. Bruce Lipton actually made a statement, 80% of our uh, nourishment comes from all the things we see outside of us. So that means you don't need three meals a day. Let's just... 2024 is the year to stop eating so much food, man-made food, processed food. It's ruining, ruining your body's ability to heal everything. When you let go of the processed food, the cookies, the cakes, all of that stuff, and just concentrate on maybe one or one good meal a day and lots of teas and and, and beverages that have moringa in them and all the other superfoods, your body will heal from maybe colorectal cancer. That's a tough one. The activity has to stop of letting the colonizer mentality enter your anus, you know. That's where we got to cut that out right away. Renew the mind. Renew the mind. Renew. I'm renewing my mind. That's where it starts. And then you start letting go, letting go of all the European influences that are dropping bombs. They, uh, injections. They've got a new, oh, my goodness, I couldn't believe this. They got a new V jab for the upcoming disease X. <laughs> Oh, boy, this show couldn't get any better. Pass the popcorn. This is the attitude we got to have. Pass the popcorn. This show just keeps getting better and better. A new jab for the new disease X that hasn't even come yet. Don't fall for it. Get get your brain intact. In get your brain heated up, uh, revved up. Get your, more important, get your microbiome army diversified quantified, qualified, all of that. Get your army ready because the the fear is really coming. There are people testifying about, oh, I need a jab for this. I need a jab. No, 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 no. Music, lots of dancing. My partner and I, this is what we love about each other. Uh, when we get together, we have good music. We have dancing. Uh, we have uh, laughter, love, good food. We have all the things that we need at our age to help us be strong, and as I always remind him and we remind each other, stay out of nursing homes. It's one place we don't want to be going. Let me go to the phones. I do see someone has pressed 1. 312-721, your mic is open. Welcome. 
Yes, we actually have a call on the on-air radio network. Minister Robert Floyd Plump, you got a minute to make a comment? You can unmute yourself. Welcome. We're on your shalom. Yes. Okay. All right. We win. God and the people win. This is yes. Minister Robert Floyd Plump in Chicago, Illinois. And how you doing, Dr. V? And assalamu alaikum, beloved sister, Naima Latif. <laughs> Isn't we great? I am happy, healthy, wealthy, and wise with Plump Music Productions in order to get rid of the jazz. And, and we done come alive in 2024. We done all hit the dough. So you can start with... uh. Uh, Robert Plump Facebook page. Naima, you on now? <laughs> Two or three times, Naima, the female solution. Thank God, is, uh, uh, as Dr. Uh, AZ say, thank us, because there's no fear when you have love in your heart. So we still plumping up Chicago, America, and the world. And remember, Mayor Washington said we must plump the whole community. And we're getting ready for his Earth Day birthday, uh, 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 Dr. Uh, Naima Latif, April 15th. That's your birthday, too. Earth Day birthday. Kwanzaa, we are celebrating every day, is a gift, which is a miracle that we are here in the land of the living. And don't forget to go to Robert Trump Facebook page and check out yourself and the female solution. Thank God for you, Dr. V, because our health is our wealth, and you are fantastic. Keep up the good uh, information is the key to success, and success breeds success. In Team 23, we is the best because that's a healing. That's what healing equals to, 23. So thank you for listening to me. We love you, and may the good Lord bless your heart. Hallelujah. Thank, you. thank God. Thank Thank us, beautiful soul in Chicago, bringing music, the medicine of music to Chicagoans and the medicine of truth coming from him. Final word is resilience, resilience. This is the number one skill that professionals and and experts say we need to develop in our children to help over and in us. uh, To help them overcome the adversity that we've been through, that our children have been through. Adversity is not personal. We need to remind ourselves and our children, whatever adverse, divorce, abuse, it's don't take it personal. Go back to the four agreements. Don't take it personal. Whatever adversity they experienced, the other people had problems in their life they haven't solved. Number two, forgiveness. Forgiveness. We need to help everyone, all of us, forgive and not hold on anymore to anger, resentment or fear number three i see you we need to start acknowledging the people in our life i see you not ignoring them the children i see you put down your phone and talk to the children eye to eye they need this connection and then finally it's okay to need others that's one of the signs that people who have high a scores they don't ask for help Ask for help. Please ask for help if you are struggling with any type of addiction. 
And uh, we want to give a shout out to our brother Obadiah. Uh, he wasn't here today, but he lost his brother this week. Went into his sister's home and found his brother uh, had left his body, gone, gone, gone. And so I had a conversation with him about that. And we all are going to face that this year. It's going to be, of course, this is part of life. The transition to another energy form is happening every day. So love out to Obadiah. Help him get through the process of saying goodbye to his brother and then notifying family and all that. So everybody, thank you so much. Help share this with anyone, especially if they have colon cancer. This might help them. You can overcome it, but you got to do a 180-degree turn in your lifestyle, your belief system, and more. So we give thanks to all of you, and we thank our cool. Come to the end of our show today, but you can hear every show in the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the dash female dash solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash the female solution. And our sister Zelda says, felt the love. I it always works. Thank you, queens out there. As a collective energy of truth, love, and light. Hallelujah. We are one. We are one. Hallelujah. Be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Sheshe, Zanyaba, Japan, Arigato, Korea, Kamsanida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, John Kujun, Merci, Gracias, Italy, Grazie, Shukran, Ghana, Medasi, Nigeria, Eshe, South Africa, Ngiabonga, Senegal, Jared, Kenya, Asante, Israel, Toda, Pakistan, Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakor, Saudi Arabia, Shukran. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Assalamu alaikum. And, and may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's and blessings. There I say namaste, satnam, and shalom. And of course, Hawaii is still in the midst. They're struggling. Send love to Hawaii. Aloha, aloha, aloha. We love you. Stand strong, Lahaina and Maui. Everybody have a great day. Stay warm out there. And get out there and get the cold in your system and then run back in the house. Love you.